Hello, and welcome once again to Two Rivers Radio, broadcast right here in the beautiful city of York. You are listening to Crossing Borders, the podcast series that brings you traditional music, dances, and folklore from around the world. My name is Genevieve, and for the next hour, I will be your host.
were my men drunk or were my men mad or were they so deep in despair oh for to let you away with your beauty so gay for to paddle your way to the shore oh for to paddle your way to the shore oh your men they weren't drunk your men they weren't mad your men weren't so deep in despair oh i deluded your Shore, beautifully arranged and performed by the Askew sisters. In The Maid on the Shore, a woman lives alone by the seaside and is noticed by a captain on a ship. Filled with lust and possessing loads of wealth, the captain bribes his sailors to get her aboard. When she arrives, he states he will be ravaging her all night, and when he's done, the crew might take their turns with her as well. But the maiden has other plans. She calmly begins to sing, and in a mystical turn of events, the sailors and captain fall magically asleep, and she is able, while they are sleeping, to rob them of all of their wealth and steal the captain's sword, leaving him weaponless, as well as penniless, and making her way back to the shore. What could be an utterly dark and horrible rape story turns into a song about a woman using guile and wit and the natural gifts she's been given to magically escape her captors, and then teaches them a lesson on the way out. Though it might not seem very realistic, perhaps, stories and songs wherein a woman must use wit or magic to fool those who would do her bodily harm are many. Because in truth, a world where, historically, women are taught that the most virtuous qualities that they can possess are beauty, meekness, and timidity, I would wager the powers of persuasion and enchantment, of one form or another, have likely gotten women out of more than one dangerous situation through history. That same beauty she is told she must possess is blamed for luring men into lustful behavior. What I admire most about this particular heroine is the seeming calmness and cleverness with which she escapes her situation. She might well be frightened, but she thinks and acts swiftly. Not to mention that she lives alone on the seashore. For a young, unmarried, likely virginal woman to live alone in a remote and dangerous place is an act of rebellion in and of itself. Some scholars speculate that this piece might well relate to an older song or story in which the woman is not a woman, but a siren or creature of the sea, which might not only explain why the music so magically keeps the sailors asleep, but, some say, is the reason the captain is drawn to her with such intensity. Now that brings me to another point. The archetype of the siren is a very interesting one to look at on its own. What could be more dangerous than a woman whose song makes you lose all control of yourself? Who beguiles you with beauty and then takes your life or your friends or your happiness from you? Not to put too fine a point on it or turn away half my male audience, but if you were to look in the news on any given day and see the many stories of men accusing women of asking for it 
simply by wearing makeup or a dress or lace underwear or moving a certain way and saying things with her body language she did not say with her voice, you can see why the archetype of the siren is such an alluring creation. She is seductive, beautiful, mysterious, all things that a man might desire. But most of all, she is powerful, which means she is deadly. She is, in fact, the easiest target to blame for acts committed out of lust. Often, women may be rightfully or wrongfully accused of flirtation or manipulation, but in some cases, and in some folk songs, this in itself might be an act of self-preservation when the odds are stacked against you. Come listen a while and I'll sing you a song Of three merry gentlemen riding along They met a fair maiden to her did say We're afraid this cold morning will do you some harm Oh no, kind sir, said the maid, you're mistaken To think this cold morning will do me some harm There's one thing I crave that lies twixt your legs If you give me that, it will keep me warm Then since you do crave it, my dear, you shall have it If you come with me to yonder green tree Then since you do crave it, my dear, you shall have it I'll make these two gentlemen witness to be. So the gentleman lighted and straightway she mounted and looking the gentleman hard in the face saying you knew not me meaning you wrong understood me and away she went galloping down the long lane. Oh, gentlemen, lend me one of your horses that I may ride after her down the long lane. If I overtake her, I warrant I'll make her return unto me my own horse again. But soon as this fair maid she saw him her coming, she instantly then took a pistol in hand, saying, Doubt not my skill, that you I would kill. I'd have you stand back, or you are a dead man. Oh, why do you spend your time here in talking? Oh, why do you spend your time here in vain? Come give her a guinea, it's what she deserves, and I warrant she'll give you your horse back again. Oh, no, kind sir, you're vastly mistaken. If it is his loss, well, it is my gain, and you were a witness that he gave it to me. And away she went galloping over the plain. The Crafty Maid's Policy, sung here by Frankie Armstrong, is quite a comical and body jovial song until you realize again that it's the story of a woman attempting to save herself from being ravaged by three men in the woods. She uses flirtation and wit yet again to save herself by stealing the man's horse who is about to molest her, and once she's gained some distance, pulls out one of his pistols. The line that really bothers me, though, in this song, is when one of his comrades says, Oh, why don't you throw her a guinea? She deserves it for being so clever, and I'll bet she gives you your horse back, no harm done. She, of course, says no and rides away with the horse. Sometimes, however, when a woman must rescue herself, wit and words simply won't suffice. Sometimes, to save yourself, a woman simply has to fight.
side to steal away happy Mori cause she wouldn't be a bride a bride wouldn't be a bride out it came her mother then it was a moonlit night she couldn't see her daughter for the moon it shone so bright so bright moon it shone so bright they've taken happy Mori and the horse they found her on and they're away to Cameron's side as fast as horse could gang could gang fast as horse could gang Quite an explicit song about a man stealing a woman, threatening a priest into marrying them, thereby securing her dowry, lands, titles, or anything else she might have inheritance to, 
and then locking her into a room and attempting to force himself on her through the entire night. Unlike our other heroines, she physically fights back with a vengeance until presumably he either tires out or morning light and the appearance of her kinsmen save her. I am made very uncomfortable, though not completely surprised, by the lack of empathy from another female character who suddenly appears in the song. When the young maid opens the door in the morning, she says, Come on, woman, meaning that Epimori must no longer be a virgin, but a woman now. Get yourself cleaned up, let's have a drink. This again, to my mind, echoing the idea that if Epimori wasn't able to defend herself, it must be her own fault and therefore deserves no pity. As a female-identified folk singer, these songs are at once harrowing and inspiring. You root for these women, you laugh with them, you scream with them, you cry with them, and wish to be as intelligent, witty, wily, strong, and independent as they seem to be. At the same time, I wonder, is this what it means to be a heroine in a folk song? We've spoken a lot already about rape and the loss or defense of one's virginity. Not an easy subject to talk about or listen to. Not to mention the consequences of one's loss or defense of virginity. But the amount of folk songs and stories that are about this subject number in the thousands. Because for much of history, whether we like to face it today or not, a woman's value, worth, and virtue was based solely on her so-called purity and after marriage, her ability to bear children. So what does it actually mean to be a heroine in a folk song? What in fact does heroism and feminism look like for women living in a male-dominated society, not to mention in a male-centric and male-created definition? Come all ye maids both near and far and listen to my story. Was near Gravesend there lived a maid She was both neat and pretty Her true love he was pressed away And drowned in some foreign sea Which caused this fair maid for to say I'll be a female sailor This maiden was resolved to go Across the foaming ocean she was resolved to let them know how she could gain promotion with jacket blue and trousers white just like a sailor neat and tight the sea it was the heart's delight of the female rambling sailor the female rambling sailor tells of a woman whose lover drowns at sea whether to save herself from marriage to another or to stay close to him by adopting his lifestyle, or merely because she longs for adventure, the woman, often called Rebecca Young, disguises herself as a sailor, and seems better suited to her new occupation than many of her male colleagues, becoming a favorite among the crew. It's not till she dies from an accident that anyone has the smallest inkling she is female. The story of a girl dressing as a man and serving as a sailor is certainly not an uncommon one in English broadside ballads of the 18th and 19th centuries. Neither is the theme of a woman disguising herself again as a man to follow, fight for, spy on, or save the man that she loves. 
If you take two seconds to look into the works of William Shakespeare, among others, you will find plays and stories chock full of heroines masquerading as men to become the true heroes of the play. Twelfth Night, Merchant of Venice, as you like it. And these women are more than just playing dress-up. They not only manage to fool the men they love, but often serve the purpose of teaching them a lesson or two on love, life, honor, and of course, women. They become wise doctors, lawyers, farmers, rough sailors, the strongest and hardest of workers, in addition to, of course, being uncommonly beautiful, kind, and just. Though to be given any sort of credit in their societies, they must disguise themselves as men. When a snow-white breast inside they came, they saw it was a female frame. Rebecca Young, it was the name of the female rambling sailor. May willows wave around her grave and round the laurels planted. May roses sweet grow at the feet of one who was undaunted. May a marble stone be inscribed upon, here lies one so lately gone. A maiden fair as sun shone on The female rambling sailor Come all you maids, both near and far And listen to my story Her body's anchored in the ground Let's hope her soul's in glory On the river Thames she was known well No sailor there could her excel One tear that fall as a last farewell to the female rambling sailor. In the song William Taylor, a young woman is all set to marry our William, but he is unfortunately whisked off to sea on the day of the wedding. In some variations, she follows until she finds his captain. In others, she disguises herself and follows suit, taking work aboard a man of war. Either way, at some point, the captain notices that she's a woman and says, Hey, lady, what are you doing here? When she says she's come to find William Taylor, the man she loves who left her on her wedding day, the captain discloses that our sweet William has been playing the field and is with another woman. young sailor, he who courted a lady fair. Bells were ringing and sailors singing as to church they did repair. Thirty couples were at the wedding, they were dressed in a rich array. Instead of William being married, he was pressed and sent to sea. She's dressed herself in a man's apparel A man's apparel she's put on And she's followed her true love William For to find him she has gone Captain, he stepped 
up to her, asking her what she did here. Oh, I've come to seek my true love, who I lately love so dear. If you've come to seek your true love, tell me then what his name may be. up by the break of day there you'll see your true love William walking with some lady gay she rose up early in the morning she rose up by the break of day there she saw arrangement you heard performed by Hannah James and Sam Sweeney, we are warned that if all young men were to treat women as he has treated her, how very scarce young men might be. Upon seeing William walking with his new lady, our heroine takes out a pistol and shoots both of them dead. In some versions, the captain is so impressed by her heartlessness and ability to act through her feelings that he goes so far as to reward her for her bravery and cold-heartedness by making her a commander of the ship. But again, I would ask you, is this what defines a female hero? As I was reading articles the other day, I came across a very heated post written by a woman named Caitlin Johnston, and I quote, The problem that true feminism seeks to address is not that there aren't enough women at the top of the corporate ladder, or that Americans refuse to elect a woman to do the bombing, exploiting, and oppressing in 2016. The problem has always been that we're trying to value women with a value system created by a very few powerful men. By leaving in place the value system created by patriarchy, or capitalism, we are now valuing women, but only for their ability to play men's games. Nobody has ever become a billionaire by being a mother, even the very best mother in the world, and no one ever will because capitalism was designed by men for men to value men's qualities. All the young lords of the North Country, they have a wooing gone to win the love of Lady Masery, but of them she'd have none. And they have courted Lady Masery with brooches, rings and all. And they have followed Lady Masery through chamber and through hall. 
Oh, hold your tongues, young men, she said, and think no more on me. For I've given my love to an English lord who is to marry me. And word has gone to a father dear through chamber and through hall that his only daughter, Lady Maisery, goes with child by an English lord. Then in comes the father dear, so stately by the door. They tell to me, my daughter Maisery, that you have become a whore. A whore, father, a whore, father, oh, that I'll never be. But I am with child by an English lord who is to marry me. Uh, so my name's Rowan Rheingantz, and in Lady Maisery I sing and I play banjo and fiddle and viola. My name's Hannah James and uh, I'm an accordion player and singer and clog dancer but in Lady Maisery I mostly use the, my feet as, as kind of percussion uh, during the songs. Um, my name's Hazel Askew and um, in Lady Maisery I sing and play the harp. Um, I also play the melodeon and the concertina. The Lady Maisery Ballad, um, it's a very old song, an old story um, and it's about a woman um, who is... Well, eventually she's burnt at the stake by her family um, for falling in love uh, with the wrong person, uh, with a southerner in the story. And um, we were named, well, we were named after, not so much specifically after her, but there's quite a few characters called Maisery in folk songs. And um, they're not always exactly the same person, but they often have quite um, a strong will and we like kind of their decisions and what they do. Um, and also the name often doesn't, seem to come up in much except folk songs as far as we know so it felt like a very kind of um, balladic name really then in comes the father dear and fast he has a bound and he's brought the fiercest of his men to drag her through the town the lady maisery ballad we sing she dies in the end. It's not a happy ending. It's not a heroic, she fights back and wins. It's a, it's a horror story, really. But we sing it because it still happens and because we relate and because we think it's important. So when we sing it, we say some of that stuff at the beginning, you know? And then we sing the song that's about a woman being killed by a family. Yeah. And people understand why. And it's suddenly alive again. And I know what you mean about uh, kind of rifling through British song... Uh, uh, archives and not finding many, n not only not many female voices, but not many stories about women that we want to sing. Yeah. Um, but there are some, and I think we're drawn to those. So we're drawn to not only songs where there's an interesting and kind of full female character, um, also songs that tell stories that are still relevant. I think that's kind of the most important thing for us in that. And it's also very exciting, actually, when you can find a ballad as old as Lady Maisery and the text that we use is, is very old. And, 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 it, and when you read it through, I mean, it, it feels archaic. It's talking about lords and, um, you know, burning at the stake. And, but that did happen. And then when you think about it, it's an honour killing. For you know, and it's a family punishing a woman for doing something that's against their will, and that does still happen in the world. So I guess it's a way for us to sing about women's experiences, which is something we find empowering and fun to do, and also to 
to keep singing stories that are actually still relevant and hopefully some of the audience pick up on that. Mother, mother, quench the fire for I am nearly dead. When her true love he did come he leapt in boots and all and he thought to kiss her rosy lips but lifeless she did fall. Oh, for your sake, dear Maisery, I'll burn your father and mother. And for your sake, dear Maisery, I'll burn your only brother. And many a bed I'll make a tomb, and many shall lose their kin. When I burn for you, dear Maisery, the town that you died in. I feel like one of the big things that we're facing now is that there's been, I don't know, there's there's sort of been this complacency about feminism among certain people for quite a long time. And people think that feminism has almost done its job and we don't need mm. it anymore. And there's this kind of, this wave happening at the moment and there's a real kind of aggressive backlash to it and that, that is much more aggressive than I've really seen in my lifetime I think mm. actually and and I think a lot of it's down to the fact that like we're, we're picking up on stuff now that is is kind of it's not outright sexism that you can that you know it's not violence a lot of the time it's it's kind of small things that are still kind of woven into the, our culture and we're sort of those things are being picked up on now and i think it's creating this quite kind of irritated backlash because i don't know i think some people still think that like you know it's unnecessary or something but actually it is it's it's the, the thin end of the wedge <laughs> all the time um so i think that's like a big problem at least at least in in the uk and i guess in in the west in yeah mm. it, it's hard i mean we can only really speak from our experience yeah. can't we mm -hmm. i mean like we're relatively very privileged mm. white women in england so yeah. we have a very specific experience and it is an experience of exploitation and sexism in mm. many ways and in yeah. many different ways women across the world are experiencing that still so yeah, it's interesting. You, you also asked about um, what it's like being a performer in that sense, I guess, as well. And I think maybe to put a more positive slant on it, I think that is being discussed a lot more in the folk scene now than I certainly remember sort yeah. of when we started this band mm -hmm. and being, uh, yeah, and being kind of, yeah, not always uh, discussed to the, to kind of, you know, my satisfaction, but actually on panels you know there is a question being raised and I think festivals have taken a bit of notice when we've asked them you know to take a little bit more care of a, their MCs and how we're introduced and what words we are called for example maybe not girls you know I think there's slowly a little bit of notice being taken in mm. some areas and that's really positive positive. Mm. Um, and it's important to keep to keep actually chipping away at that and not to be sort of satisfied with the, mm. the level it's at now but just to kind of be yeah, aware that some people are up for chatting about that and up for kind of wanting to 
make our scene more inclusive? I think it's become quite a, it's, it has become something that's been discussed more generally like between musicians as well I think mm. and I think social media actually helps with that quite a lot yeah. because you know um, people like Rachel Newton um, has been very vocal about it and yeah. they even had a big sort of consortium discussion about it at Celtic Connections last year yeah. and stuff mm. um, so yeah. there is a lot of positive stuff happening in this in this scene particularly I think I think uh, mm. As far as music scenes go, I actually think the folk scene is perhaps a little bit further on than mm. things like the rock scene, for instance. Mm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I guess we've all we've all been part of the folk music scene in the UK since we were quite young because we've all got parents that are into folk music music in different ways, and. Um, and then there was a brief time when the three of us were all uh, studying. No, not quite, actually, was there? Mm. We, we all spent time studying and living in Newcastle. Um, and Rowan and Hazel lived together there for a while as well. Um, so that's kind of when it happened, was around mm. that time. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I mean, the idea was to make a band uh, where um, the voices would be the centre of everything, whether that's small music or big music the kind of the central idea of it is, is the songs and, and three voices together really in various ways song that we sung tonight and we've been really enjoying singing the last few years is The Gardener, mm-hmm. an old ballad, mm-hmm. um, which we, it was one of the first ballads we ever arranged together and I think we all thought it was an interesting song then, mm-hmm. but I mean especially in the last couple of years with the Me Too movement and um, the recent stuff with the trials in America, um, a lot of the conversation mm-hmm. in the media about women and sexual harassment, like that ballad has taken on a whole new mm. level of, of, of kind of relevance for us. And also, and when we're singing it, I just, I feel such a lot of, it's kind of, I'm proud of her. Mm. You know, and she, she's, a, mm. she's a character that, it's, it's nice to feel proud of a woman in a folk song. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of folk songs which, you know, even if they are female characters, then you, you sort of, you feel like they're not fully being themselves or something. And there's something about her character which it's easily related to but it's also a deeply complex song it's not just one of these songs where you know oh the man irritates the woman and then the woman sort of fights back and wins you know because that's too that's that's not complicated enough and what this song does is you know all that all the like this hidden meanings about plant law and like the hidden messages that are in that song like it describes exactly what Hannah was saying is that the sexism that we experience now is not only 
massive. It's also in the absolutely tiny details, mm. like compliments, for example. Mm. You know, even, even when an MC introduces us and is trying to be nice and says, you know, three lovely ladies, please welcome Lady Maisery. And that's not trying to be mean. It's not trying to be aggressive, but it is a sexist comment because we want to just be introduced as musicians and seen as that. And, you know, we sort of spend the, the, the couple of songs after that introduction kind of trying to justify our place there, you know, not just as being lovely. So that's one ballad that I find just uh, so... Yeah, you guys, such a, I don't know, it's a lot more energy in it now for us yeah. because I just feel like it's so relevant. And there's also, for me, it really illustrates the way that you feel when somebody makes one of those kind of very small, mm. kind of very, uh, kind of, you know, throwaway comments that, mm. that is meant as a compliment but actually isn't. And, 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 and then the second half of the song is, is really, when you first read the, the song the first time, it could be seen as her... Um, coming coming back with this really kind of overkill, mm. kind of over aggressive response to this small thing that he said, mm. but actually, like you feel like doing that when somebody does something like that mm. because it, this stuff's cumulative and Definitely. and all you know all these things have accumulated over time and all of a sudden it's like you know the cold yeah. black rain shall be your coat yeah. kind of thing. That's what I want to say to them when they're like, yeah. "Lovely ladies, please welcome." Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's totally so, true. So yeah, yeah, I think it's a really fascinating song. Um, yeah, and it's one that's not been kind of sung so much, and and I mean a lot of a lot of the child ballads have have a huge amount of research about them and kind of theories about where they come from and the different versions. But as far as I know, the the gardener is seen as a bit of an anomaly because it's kind of like almost just like a small conversation. But I think there's there's loads in it. <laughs> Proud Mary stands in a bower door, straight as a willow wand. And by there came a gardener child with a red rose in his hand. And by there came a gardener child with a red rose in his hand. Oh, lady, can you fancy me for to be?
flowers this I will pay you back again among the winter showers the driven snow shall be your shirt becomes your body best the cold black rain shall be your coat with a wind gale at your breast the cold black rain shall be your coat with a wind is interesting about the version that you sing also is the first couple lines are very similar to uh, the version of the two magicians yes. that I know yeah, yeah. which has a completely different ending yeah obviously yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. in fact when I, I I had this vocal teacher called Chris Coe who's an amazing singer um, when we were me and his were both in Newcastle and um, when I first presented her with that song she thought it was a version of the two magicians and she thought they were actually kind of maybe talking about magic and kind of Mm. using powers to kind of belittle each other and kind of and that, that sort of thing so yeah who knows but yeah, yeah we we actually did do a version of the two magicians but we actually we changed the ending of it um mm. to make it you know so to make it so that we were happy singing it basically because we wouldn't have been before mm. um i think we also did it a little bit to sort of question why the other so people popular. on the folk scene <laughs> yeah. who sing that song yeah. so two magicians i mean it's also a very complicated and interesting song but one reading of it is that it is a it is a rape uh, that is kind of built up to through mm -hmm. a song, mm -hmm. and the rape is a success yeah. in in many versions of the song and and in the some of the most popular songs and, and it gets sung in sing arounds almost kind of blasely and we always found that really fascinating like you know is it is it that you're kind of accepting that story or is it just you haven't noticed the story? Lady sits at her own front door, as straight as a willow wand. And by the comes a last is met with his hammer in his hand. Why do you sit there, lady fair, all in your robes of red? I'll come tomorrow at the same time, and I'll have you in my bed. Crying, bide, lady, bide, for there's nowhere you can hide. For the last is met will be your love, and he will play somebody wants to sing a song that is about a rape I mean that happens so it's important to sing about that but it, it's all about context and what what is the story that you're trying to tell and we've been introducing the gardener as a me too ballad and actually usefully that that says a lot for people um, yeah, and I think what's troubled us about especially about 
versions of the two magicians that we've heard, we've actually there's quite a few kind of young male acts that I can think of who've performed yeah. that particular song. Yeah, yeah, performed that song in a really jolly, jovial, mm. and and it and it starts with that same line: "Proud Mary stands at bow door as straight as a willow wand." Kind of, she's a proud woman standing mm. confidently, mm. and that means. Therefore, she deserves to be raped yeah. and brought down a peg or two. Yeah. It's so gross, yeah, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's nowhere you can hide, for the lusty smith will be your Like Some people would argue that you know, we shouldn't mess around with these songs because they're some sort of untouchable tradition and stuff. But I do think that engaging with the actual stuff that you're singing about surely will make it survive longer. Like just kind of singing blindly and it wasn't people completely changed these songs that's why we have so many different versions mm. of them it's completely traditional to, to take what you hear and change it a bit and and so that argument is completely yeah. ridiculous in so many ways yeah yeah who knows maybe our version of the two magicians will become a popular <laughs> one in yeah. 200 years yeah. who knows who knows i had the fortune while i was last in york to go see one of their live concerts and let me tell you, the amount of volume and energy and passion that these three performers get across the stage is just mind-blowing. Should you like to explore some of their other work separately and together, head over to ladymasery.com. The trio has shows coming up later in March in Cambridge, London, Bristol, Sheffield, Slaithwaite, and Newcastle. Likewise, if you find yourself in York, take note that on January 10th, the Black Swan Folk Club will be hosting outstanding songwriter and performer Jez Lowe. On January 17th, the John Palmer Acoustic Band. And on January 24th, the Local Honeys. The next Singers and Musicians Open Sing Night is January 31st. All acoustic performers are made welcome and listeners as well at the Black Swan Inn off Peaseholme Green. And York's Winter Folk Day is January 27th. Both the afternoon and evening will be filled with concerts of local folk artists. I think even though, like, <clears throat> even though we, there is a lot of the songs where the stories are really troubling to us, I think somebody said something quite interesting to me a few years ago, which was that we don't, we don't only pick the kind of hurrah, the woman wins yeah. stories mm. um, in our songs and, and you know, that's not what happens in real life. Women don't always win. So actually to have a repertoire of songs that really represent like what, what is happening to women as a whole, you know, things like Let No Man Steal Your Time mm. is not a happy mm. song and it's a, it's a woman who's definitely been wronged in some way mm. by... And it's important to have those songs in too and to speak up for all women, not just the ones who kind of manage to save the day somehow. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What wish would you have uh, for young women out there um, or, I suppose, budding folk artists as well. What wish would you have for them? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose we hope eventually that, um, because even though things are slowly changing, if you look at festival lineups, they are mostly men. And mm. just hope eventually that it will. I mean, it's one of those. I think at the moment we really need to think about it and and try and make it more balanced but we hope that one day it just will be more balanced and that I think the more women we have on stage now the more we can inspire younger women and and let them know that this is something completely they can do as much as any man so I think that's important I think I really wish that um, 
women who kind of enter the music industry and or want to start to play music would just be perceived in the same way that men are mm. um, because that's the thing that that slows you down and stops you and holds you back it's not what you're doing or your yeah. skill it's the way that as soon as somebody sees that you're female rather than male it, it, it kind of knocks you down the ladder a few rungs mm. and you have to kind of work your way to just get back up to zero to then get kind of recognised as being good and and that's I mean that's something that's not just in the folk scene I know that, that some orchestras for instance have, have youth orchestras have started blind auditioning their mm. um um, pe the people that want to join and all of a sudden it's rebalanced the amount of female and male uh, musicians in the orchestra because people have this preconception and it affects the way that they listen to the music that, that these young people are playing as well um, and it's actually brought the, the number of female musicians back up in, in the orchestras which is really interesting but I just, yeah, that would be the big wish for me would be just that, yeah, eventually female m musicians can just be seen as musicians not female musicians <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would disagree with all that sing for the rest of the day sing for the places we're going and for the rattling journey all the gates are open all the work that start a song bright morning song for the mothers who may just sing sing for the morning and for the rest of the day sing for flapping and wheeling turning all in the right Today the sky is full of a chattering, murmuring, starling song. Bright morning song for the mothers who made you sing. I worry a lot that kind of people, there's a lot of people in this country, especially who now, who don't have any kind of creative outlet or are not encouraged to, to be creative and to um, kind of, yeah, develop their artistic self at all um, and I, th I think so I think maybe it's not even so much about folk it's about being kind of creative in general but I think folk does give people kind of something to latch onto because it's kind of this kind of cyclical traditional thing that is passed down and you can just sort of learn and hook into it um, and feel like you belong to something so it's some for me it's something about belonging to something but also having something that belongs to you that you can share with other people that's really important yeah to be able to travel somewhere where, you know, I don't speak any of the spoken language, but, but I could hunt out a session. And just, I mean, for me personally, just being able to just join in, I think that is a really, really great thing. Um, so for me personally, that it's a huge gift, actually, and, I, you know, it's one that I would love other people to have. I think it's also important to say that, like, it's important not to sort of, like, not fetishise, maybe is the wrong word, but... I think a lot of people have this idea of folk music being this, like, that's the golden thing. And I, I really see it as, you know, a bit like what Hannah was saying. If you've got, it's just about creativity and sharing. And, and for, for us, it's been a great tool for that. But there are many others. And it's, you know, about opening, opening minds and sharing spaces. And whether that's through hip hop or folk music, I don't really mind, actually, as long as it's kind of, a living thing and it's and it's owned by everyone and I think like the one maybe the one nice thing that is particularly nice about folk music is that it's its roots are in it being a social type of music so and it, and that seems to be the same wherever you go in the world so mm. even if you can't speak the language where if you go somewhere and you're a folk musician you have this kind of 
mutual understanding with folk musicians around you of how you know you all work by ear for instance that you can teach someone a tune you can join in you might be you know in a bar together having fun dancing like there's there's a kind of social informal element to to folk music in its roots um, that I think is a really important thing for people This has been The Maid on the Shore, an episode of Crossing Borders here at Two Rivers Radio and WeWhoMove.org. Until we meet again. There was a young maiden who lived by the shore Let the wind blow, blow, blow No one could she find to comfort her mind As she sat all alone on the shore She sat all alone on the shore There was a sea captain who sailed on the sea Let the wind blow, blow, blow Oh, just die, the captain did cry If I can't have that maid on the shore If I can't have that maid on the shore The captain had silver Show.
slowly, slowly she came upon board. The captain gave her a cheer. He seated her down in the cabin below. Adieu to all sorrow and care. Adieu to all sorrow and She seated herself in the bow of the ship. She sang so low and sweet, oh. She sang so sweet, gentle and complete. She sang all the seamen to sleep. She sang all the seamen to Partook of his silver, partook of his gold, partook of his costly wearin. She took his broadsword to make her an oar, to paddle her back to the shore, to paddle her back to the shore. Your men must be crazy, your men must be mad, your men must be deep in despair. Oh, I've deluded them all as well as yourself. Again, 